1: I about
2: threw up, all right? Have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta-potties, all right?
1: Hi. Welcome back to another edition of the Butting Heads podcast on Ramsuck Radio. I'm Super Barrow, back here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we haven't talked in two weeks. Uh, I just wrapped up watching the latest episode of Hard Knocks, training camp with the San Diego Chargers. How you doing, man?
4: Well, yeah, it's been two weeks, and I have to say, I loved getting away from the SoCal sun. Let me tell you, it was nice and cool up in the Portland area. So i um, a little sad to come back so soon because I was enjoying nature. But I came back to the hard knock San Diego Chargers edition, and I'm thinking uh, I didn't miss much.
1: <laughs> yeah, very Chargers heavy this week. All season. I mean, I, mean, I feel like we, we've we been kind of, like, on the ba- on the back burner of this show. And, uh, not my favorite, but, I mean, it's probably better for the players, maybe. I don't know.
4: Well, Sean McVay was kind of open about how he wasn't loving the idea back in the, uh, uh, what was it, 2016, the first time there were hard knocks?
1: Yeah, with yeah. uh he wasn't uh, on it though. It was Jeff Fisher.
4: Oh, no, it was Jeff Fisher that was saying. Yeah, my bad. Uh I'm not back from vacation yet. <laughs> but but uh yeah, they it, it didn't sound like the coaching staff or the players were entirely thrilled during the 2016
1: one. So, yeah. Yeah, that that says a lot. Yep. Uh well, we're on it, so it kind of is what it is. Uh, but I, I think there's only five episodes, right?
4: Yeah, I think I think so, something like that. It wasn't really long.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's nuts, dude. The season's almost here. We're uh, this will be coming out Thursday morning, so literally a week before football starts. Uh, it is crazy. Like doesn't really feel real that we're already here, but we are. This is the the fifty three man roster prediction episode of Butting Heads. We'll predict the whole roster now. I, I, I gotta, I gotta preface it with this, man. This, this fucking sucks. Like, what are we basing this off of? Like, the like, I, I like putting this together. It was like, you know, I pick the the forty or so guys that pretty much no matter what we're gonna make the team, no matter what the preseason looked like but like for the last couple it's like we have no preseason to basis off of we have training camp buzz highlights uh hard knocks like literally is the most footage of the team we have like it's just i i, I feel bad for the guys that might have become preseason darlings and didn't really get a chance to do it i'm sure there i'm sure there's a lot of guys here uh, that would have been in that category, and and unfortunately they're not, and it sucks for them. And we'll predict the roster as best we can, but uh, it, it really just it really just it's look. It's been a shitty six months for the entire country, I would say at least ninety nine percent of us. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel for these guys, man. It sucks.
4: Yeah, this is uh, this is probably one of the most challenging roster predictions. It- like a surprise to some extent, you know, some surprise cuts in recent years and uh, some surprise additions to the roster. But yeah, there, there's not a lot to go by, you know, you don't have preseason to look at. Like you said, the training camp was very limited. You know, we weren't able to attend training camp this year. It's really, it's really, really challenging. Uh, other than, like you said, the or so guys that were locked to make the the roster anyway. So some of these guys are going to be basically a guess. Some might be an educated guess. Some might be, okay, that makes sense. But again, as I've said, the, uh, you know, Les Snead likes to throw in a curveball here and there too. So um, for me, I'm going to try and you know, think like less here and, uh, and try and figure out who we might, uh, you know, surprise us with like a surprise cut or maybe a surprise, uh, addition to the roster. But yeah, should be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing some actual football played. So, uh, let's get started, Steve.
1: Let's do it. So I will go position by position. Um, It'll, it'll add up to 53 total. Now, my myself was definitely one of the people confused about this while I was texting Johnny about how many players we had to predict. Teams will be allowed 55 players, essentially, because they're going to be able to call up two guys from the practice squad each week. So I don't... Uh, I, we're we're going to do 53 for simplicity's sake, rather than trying to predict which two players get on the practice squad but are essentially like not on the practice squad so we'll, we'll let's start from the top we'll go with quarterback Jared Goff obviously I only have him keeping two uh I'm, I'm going with John John Wolford over Bryce Perkins who's the only other quarterback on the roster uh that being said I think that he is I feel like he's a lock for the practice squad in my opinion. Uh, and i think they like him a lot if there was a preseason i think he would have had a chance to beat out john wolford the fact that they they cut josh josh love last week who was the fourth quarterback in the room i i feel like that kind of says a lot about how they feel about Bryce Perkins and i think he will be put on the practice squad also johnny i want to throw this out there blake Portals is still a free agent why the fuck is he not our backup quarterback like yeah, i don't I
4: think it's just I think it just boils down to money.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much he wanted. Uh look, if he wanted if he was like I'll come back for like 6 million, I understand that they would be like no, but if if he's not asking for anything or they didn't even attempt to, uh that may that bums me out a little bit because we've talked about if you're a a long-time listener of us, we've talked I've talked about for years how important backup quarterback is and there might be something there with John Wolford. I don't know. I am not as low on him as I was Sean Mannion by any means. Uh, I, I, I've seen some promise. There's been some promising stuff and clearly, uh, they, they like him if they're rolling with him. It's not like Sean Mannion was where he was a third round pick. Uh, he was just kind of there. They're kind of saddled with him. Uh, Wolfer doesn't have to be here and I think they like him. And yeah, I, he was on the practice squad last year, but I don't know, man, if something happens to Gop, you got to think they're picking up the phone and calling Blake Bortles immediately.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think um, that Bortles being available is someone that they're going to keep in mind. But if they don't have to sign him and, you know, waste some of the cap space for him, um, I think they're going to try their best not to sign him. But if if something happens to Goff, I, I do think he'll probably be the first phone call, uh, pending if he's an actual. But yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, they are i do think there is something to be said about them not trying to replace wolford at all like they really didn't make an effort to have like much of a competition other than signing you know undrafted free agents which there's i mean they basically do that every year anyway no matter if they have a guy like bortles backing up uh you know goff so having bryce perkins there uh, on the roster as the number three guy for now, I I guess that's something. But um, wh- once we saw that these were basically the only two guys, um, in- including Love, who they already cut. Um, once they saw, once we saw that, we just kind of already figured they're confident enough with Wolford. And uh, yeah, I suppose if anything happened to Goff, they're gonna they're gonna give a call to Bortles, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's never been a position of importance to Les need. I feel like they only really had Blake Bortles because they got him for fucking free. Uh, if he was not free, he would have not been on the team. Like, and we we had. I'm, I'm scrolling through just the, the history of this team. We had Kellen Clemens as our backup for like four years. Uh, then we had Sean Hill, who in and their defense wasn't really as washed when we signed him as he was when he had to take the field. Then we had case Keenum who in their defense worked out, but, uh, you know, like at the time was not a very inspiring choice. And maybe that bodes well for, uh, John Wolford. And then we had Sean Mannion, who, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to relitigate, relitigate that one, Johnny. Did you know, by the way, just looking at that, this Dan Orlowski was on our 2017 training camp roster
4: was he really (laughs)
1: apparently uh but yeah you you have wolford and goff here too i'm assuming
4: yeah well actually steve i was planning on cutting uh jared goff rolling with wolford and perkins you know i I think i think that's a good start
1: right yeah why not it would only cost us like 110 million dollars in dead cap ouch uh yeah
4: yeah goff and wolford as obvious picks here and uh, I, I suppose if you wanted to do extra credit, Perkins can be on the practice squad, but yeah. uh, which I, I kind of expect anyway, but yeah.
1: And, and I think he should be when, uh, A, when it's a year where you're only keeping two quarterbacks, you have easy access to call up guys from the practice squad, like God forbid Jared Goff gets sick the day before a game, you have Bryce Perkins there to call him up. I think a lot of – I think pretty much any team – that keeps two quarterbacks only will have a third guy available ready on the practice squad, uh, and for us, I think it's gonna be Bryce Perkins. And if he gets picked up, which would be surprising, uh, they probably bring back Josh Love, I would guess, and put him on the practice squad. We go to running backs. I think we'll both agree, Cam. Well, <laughs> I had to mention this, Johnny, because this was almost a, po- a topic on the podcast until two hours ago. Thank God that Leonard Fournette <laughs> signed with Tampa Bay. That was a fun topic on Ram's Twitter over the last couple days, but we don't even need to reach out on it. Uh, He is not coming here. He's not available anymore. I think we both would have Cam Akers, Gerald Henderson, and Malcolm Brown as locks to make the team. A cut to any of those three guys would be shocking to me. Malcolm Brown is pretty easily cuttable, but there's not really a point. He doesn't make a lot of money, and he's value, and he's a vet in the room. Uh, I do think they're going to keep four running backs, and I think they keep John Kelly. What do you think? Yeah,
4: as far as uh, the depth chart, Acres, Brown, Henderson, all on the team, I would be extremely surprised if either one of any one of them would be cut. Sure as hell won't be Acres. Um, this one's hard because I like John Kelly a lot, but I do know that they were mentioning in training camp that Xavier Jones was showing a lot of uh, promise. And just because I feel like John Kelly has been such an overlooked prospect on this team, I think that I'm going to go with Xavier Jones just because I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Sean McVay just is not really content with John Kelly with the ball or is comfortable enough with them. But maybe they keep Kelly around on the pro- practice squad. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm thinking they're going to – move Xavier Jones to the active roster uh and keep four running backs
1: yeah I I I would not be surprised by that at all John did John Kelly make the team last year Uh, technically
4: no he was basically I, I think he might have made it on the roster like maybe a couple games but most of the time he was on the practice squad
1: yeah okay that's yeah you're definitely right um I I I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Xavier Jones either. I really only take Bra- uh, Kelly here because of just system familiarity. But if we're talking upside, like they had a chance to see what they had in John Kelly and they signed CJ Anderson and played him 80% of the snaps three days after they signed him. So it kind it make it would make a lot of sense if they didn't go Kelly, but and my my gut tells me he makes a team. I'm gonna stick with my prediction. We we got to butt heads a little here. Uh, but Xavier Jones, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, he's an unknown. We haven't seen him play in the preseason, uh, but he's on the team, and they only have five running backs on the team. So I you got to think that they they see something in him if he's here. Go to wide receivers. Or you got anything else, sir? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go to wide receivers, so we're both at six players. I guess we'll keep tabs on that. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, hard locks, Van Jefferson hard locks, Josh Reynolds. I would say if he's not traded, still like a 99% lock to make the team. So that's four receivers. You know, because of how we expect them to play more 12 personnel this year and because of how, like, i gotta say how confident they probably are in the top four guys i think they keep nasimba wemster as the fifth guy i don't think they take a shot on any of the other the other uh receivers in the room here most of them most of them undrafted free agents i, th- I think they keep nasimba and i think that's the end of it uh, unfortunately he would have had it like he got in the preseason to make the team a couple of years ago these other guys probably would have gotten a fair shake to beat him out but i i don't i feel like they're gonna keep nasimba he's he has value on the on the return, return side of things. I think he's the fifth guy, and I don't think they keep more than five. I don't think they really need to. Uh, I'm sure they'll have one or two of these guys ready on the practice squad in case something happens. But I for the active roster, I think it's these five.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think I, – I was kind of contemplating whether or not the team was going to go with six receivers or not, but I don't think so. I just – I – like there are other positions that we're going to get to where it just has more of a need um so i'm going to stick with with five receivers um which were the obvious five uh the only one that i would say that might have a chance of making the roster would be tristan da- jackson but um i feel like he's going to end up on the practice squad At least one or two of these guys will make the practice squad. Um, It's just – it's hard to say who's going to make the practice squad, so I'm not going to get into that. On a side note, you mentioned Asimba Webster as like a returner, which I I completely agree. I think he's going to be a special teamer uh, just because we don't really have much to go by, and I'm sure the coaching staff has very little to go by too to actually – you know, find somebody that could potentially dethrone Webster. But I will say this: I'm hoping that Henderson, once he's fully recovered, will they'll try him out e- even more in the special teams. I know that was something they experimented towards the end of last season, and I, I hope they try that experiment a little bit more. Uh, because I, I feel like he could be lethal in the return game if uh, if they give him a fair shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It it just sucks that there's no preseason to figure this shit out. Uh no, yeah. no actual game reps at returner. So we both got him keeping five. We're up to eleven players. Let's go tight end Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. Absolute locks. If Gerald Everett's not getting cut, if he if he were to leave the team, he'd be traded there there's no reason to cut him he has value even if tyler higby is a stone cold tight end one i have then bryson hopkins i think is more or less a lock fourth round pick that tight end they're not going to cut him and then i i definitely i i would also be pretty surprised if johnny Monk gets cut I, it's not he's not a lock by any means i have a make in the team though if they really do want to commit to 12 personnel being a big part of the thing let's be honest we've had no preseason reps i don't think they're going to Trop Bryson Hopkins out there in week one uh Very much at all And if If you need blocking over receiving You might see Munt out there over Gerald Everett I, So I think all four guys make the team And I don't think there's much uh Much room for error there Kendall Blanton's the only tight end on the roster He's been a camp body in the past uh, I don't see him making the team
4: Yeah I pretty much have the same I will say this though uh, so far in in the camp um in the camp reports you've seen you've basically heard from most of the rookie class, but Hopkins has been one that's been sort of quiet. We haven't heard a whole lot from him. So I'm kind of interested where exactly he's at. So yeah, I'm definitely thinking they're rolling with four. It's just um I, I feel like we're since we haven't heard much from Hopkins. He's probably gonna, for a lack of a better term, redshirt this year. Uh, just because there's there's too much ahead of him. I mean, you have Tyler Higby, who's your obvious starter, Gerald Everett until he's traded, which I, I feel like is gonna happen at some point this season. Um, until he's traded, Gerald Everett's your number two guy, obviously, and Johnny Munt is your blocking specialist, which I have a feeling the Rams are gonna need to rely on again this year. So, yeah, Hopkins, I don't, I highly doubt he gets any playing time whatsoever. And as for Blanton,
1: go ahead. No, you can can go to Blanton.
4: As far as Blanton goes, I do think they're onto him on the practice squad because they seem to like him a lot. And defense, they did move him to the active roster when, you know, there was a couple injuries at the tight end position, so... Um, yeah, I, I don't think Blenton's necessarily going anywhere, just not on the active roster.
1: Yeah, we, uh, picked him up last year. He, he I think he was on the active roster for a couple of games, but, uh, yeah, yeah he, he was, yeah, appeared in one game. So yeah, I, I think he's on the practice squad again. And if they actually do keep four tight ends, he might get called up once or twice this year if somebody's banged up uh, or, or ill, but, and just to go back to Hopkins, just so like to, to watch on it you are right in saying it's been quiet but to like to make sure there's no concern tight ends historically have been really slow bloomers uh it's a position where rookies rarely make a big impact uh even last year you saw tj Hawkinson blow up in week one and then we barely heard from him for the rest of the year uh and that's a first round pick like top 10 guy So, a guy like Bryson Hopkins is not going to play his rookie year, more than likely. Uh, It's rare that you see rookie tight ends make an impact. Even, like, you look at the best tight ends in the league. Kittle, minimal impact year one. He made some impact, but not to the level that he blew up in the the year after. Mark Andrews, very quiet year one. Zach Ertz, even, very quiet year one. Kelsey, I don't recall. Uh, But uh, it's... It's just a position where it it takes more time, I guess, to adjust than uh, other positions. And because most teams are only playing one at a time, sometimes two if you're running 12, you're not going to get much opportunity if somebody's there ahead of you. I mean, even look at a guy like Dal Scotter, who's clearly good and is just not playing that much because Zach Gertz is there uh, in Philly. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried about Hopkins at all. So 13, 15 guys so far on our roster let's go to offensive line I suppose we do them all together rather than my position because that would be a whole thing I have them keeping nine offensive linemen Andrew Whitworth Rob Havenstein Bobby Evans David Edwards Austin Corbett Joseph Noteboom Austin Blyde that's seven I do not think there's a world where any of those guys get cut uh Tremaine Ancom, seven round pick but I think he is here that's my eighth guy and then I do think Brian Allen makes a team although you never know uh he he he's gonna be fighting for that job uh, Coleman Shelton's there he could easily be the backup tight end or sorry the backup center and uh another guy so I don't have Shelton make a team and another guy I don't have the team Johnny is Jamil Demby I think his time here might be coming to a close uh Cole Cabral, another center, too. That could be competed for Brandon Chapa. I have those nine. I think the first seven are more or less Mortal Locks and then and Allen. What do you got?
4: Yeah, I have the exact same. Just uh, There's a lot of names there, so I'm not going to go through them individually. <laughs> no need. Uh, yeah, there's so many of them. But, yeah, I have the exact same nine. Um, Denby, I... You know, I, I was trying to think objectively about this without, you know, putting my personal feelings. As uh, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know, Steve and I, uh, particularly me, has been really harsh on Demby
1: <laughs> And it's uh, been both of us for sure.
4: Yeah. Um. So I was trying to be objective about this, but I'm looking ahead of them, and one of the things that the Rams, while they may not have a lot of quality, quality guards. They do have quite a few um, guards there that have some, at least some experience to them. So they may hold on to him for, for the practice squad. But like, even then, I feel like it would be tough for him to even make the practice squad because I'm looking at other guys like Cole Cabral, who I think, um, you know, he, he may have a shot at the practice squad. And even a guy like Jeremiah Colon, who um, hasn't really played much, but he has versatility on his side. So Demby, yeah, I think he might be off the team, but we'll see. But, yeah, Brian Allen, I think just because of his experience, makes the team as well as uh, Antrim. I feel like they wouldn't have wasted a draft pick on him if they didn't have, like, some sort of and from what i heard from reports is that he is adapting well which could just be spinning oh good good job rookie but i don't know we'll see
1: yeah it's i do think there's a chance that dambi makes the team over allen honestly but we'll see it's 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 going to be tough to not have a guy with center experience on the active roster uh behind Austin Blythe in case something happens. You know, last year the backup center pretty much was Austin Blythe. When something happened, he stepped in. I I do want to touch on this while we're talking about the offensive line though. It's the the main crew that has been playing with the ones has been Whitworth, Noteboom, Blythe, Corbett, and ha- Havenstein, Havenstein. Uh it's I really need to look up the correct hard pronunciation of that name one day. I feel like I mix up any every time. But David Edwards is out of the mix right now. It's still up in the air, but I, that's a little surprising to me. Uh, I would have expected Corbett to be the odd man out and not Edwards if Noteboom were to step back into left guard. But right now, Noteboom at left guard, Corbett slides over to right guard, and David Edwards is the odd man out.
4: You know, uh, you you talk about Havenstein. Just wait till we get to kickers, but uh, <laughs> I'm dreading that one. But um, yeah, it, it's a little surprising. Like it doesn't surprise me too much that No Boom is shifting over to guard again. Uh, I I think that's something that we kind of expected. You know, bearing in mind that he's healthy, which it seems to be. And from what reports suggest, he seems a little more comfortable out there, which only makes sense. Uh, As for Austin Corbett, that is a bit of a surprise to me just because I felt like David Edwards did a solid job last year. I mean, he was a rookie that we weren't even sure was going to see any playing time last year, ended up starting for most of the year. Uh, But Corbett is somebody that kind of just entered the team late last year. And he kind of took over a starting role. I mean, it wasn't much to contend with, but he did a solid job when he came there. So I don't know, maybe due to chemistry or continuity reasons, but um, it, it does surprise me. But I think that's a pleasant surprise because I feel like even if this doesn't end up working out, Edwards is in the wing, uh, wings to, you know, help out wherever he can and kind of the beautiful thing about David Edwards being on the bench is he could also come in as a tackle as well because that technically is his natural position Uh, at least that's where he played at in college so you know between Edwards and Bobby Evans I think that's kind of a nice uh bench to have in the meantime and uh, maybe be coached up a little bit more and get more polished in upcoming years.
1: Yeah, and it's also encouraging uh, from the no-boom side that he, a former third-round pick, uh, was our first pick in that draft, actually, because we didn't have a first or second. It's encouraging to see him moving up on the depth chart and being stuck with the ones. It, that's nice to see. I, I am surprised, and as, as we, we just talked about, that Edwards isn't the guy, but... Uh, Corbett was a high draft pick. Noteboom was not too high, but he was our first pick that year. So, I mean, seeing these guys pay off a little bit, even if it's just running with the ones in practice, it is encouraging. And hopefully it's a sign that they're playing well and not that we are just really weak at the position, which is not ruled out yet. We will not know that until week one. Uh, It's a little frightening, but I'm cautiously optimistic. (laughs) So... That's twenty-four guys on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to write that down so I don't have to keep uh, doing this every time. Move on. <laughs> move on to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line. We'll start with interior defensive linemen uh, in the three-four scheme. That's the three: uh, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers. Obvious locks to make the team. In the the uh, so I read. Cam DeSilva at 53-man prediction in prep for this. He has Aishon Robinson on the roster, and I trust him to know whether or not that designation would need to be made on the active roster or not. So I'm going to say that he is going to be on the active roster, uh, even with his illness, with he's out. Uh, so A'shaun Robinson, are part of the roster, he's a lot to make the team unless something crazy happens and they just get out from that contract. We don't know what il- what ill, really what he's dealing with that's keeping him out, but um, hope, hopefully we get him at some point this year. And then I have Sebastian Joseph Day and Greg Gaines, who both pretty much feel like locks at this point. And I'm keeping a six guy as well, Morgan Fox, uh, longtime Rams 53rd man on the roster, but I think he lives to fight another day. Uh, so I have those six. I don't know if you have anything different.
4: No, I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious there, you know, uh, Morgan Fox, it wouldn't be too surprising if they decided, you know, maybe uh, the roster spot is better left for another player, but I, I think they're going to roll with, uh, with Morgan Fox as well. So yeah, that would be about the only player that's debatable there. Everything else, everyone else there is pretty much a lock.
1: Yeah, and I I was originally going to cut Morgan Fox, but thinking about it, uh without Aishon Robinson, I think that he's pro- he's probably going to be in the room. Uh because they won't be without him. We they will be without him for a while, and when he comes back, maybe they cut Fox to add depth at a different position, but week 1 I think he's here. So that puts us up to 30, 30 players. Uh, I, I, not really much to discuss there, man. It's pretty much the most, one of the more stable units on the team. A lot of good players, Aaron Donald, what needs to be said. Uh, yeah, Greg Gaines, maybe he'll prove something. We'll see, but he's going to be on the team. Let's go to outside linebacker. So we actually have news here. Terrell Lewis out with an injury. We don't know how severe he could end up on the, IR, for all we know, uh, it, it's, it's, un, it's unclear how severe that injury is going to be. So, for now, I think we have to put him on the roster because we don't know what his week one status is going to be at the time of the podcast. The knee injury, severity not yet known. Uh, it's, it was getting examined today. Sean McVay says he wants to wait until we have the test results. So, outside linebacker, I actually have six guys here. Although, I happen to trust Patrick, and he's kind of a hybrid inside-outside linebacker. He's played a little both, but I have him making the team. Um, the other guys, Leonard Floyd, Samson Ibukam, Terrell Lewis, they're all locked to be on the team. They're going to be here. Like we said, Lewis might be on the IR. Uh, Ogbanya Okorwankwo. That sounded like gibberish, but I'm 99% sure I pronounced that right. Uh, that was probably just my, my lisp kicking in a little bit there. Uh, he's, he also seems like a, pretty much a lock to make the team. He's had a lot of good buzz about him in camp. Hopefully we finally see that payoff from a draft pick that we all liked. And then for the last guy, I think Ja'Kai Polite makes a team. Maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I'm hoping there's something there, uh, and that we could harness it this year and use it. Uh, so those are the six guys I have. What what do you got? I'm assuming the first four are going to be the same. Maybe you want a little different with Polite or Patrick.
4: Uh, I, I think, uh, I, 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 I'm kind of with you on that as well. I was kind of borderline with Christian Rosen, uh, Christian Roseboom. Jeez. Getting ahead of myself there. Um, I do like Christian Roseboom, but I don't know if he's shown enough on field. Uh, actually, technically I'm jumping ahead of myself. He's an inside linebacker. My bad. Uh, Justin Lawler is really the only other guy that um that you can really kind of consider here but I just probably end up making the practice squad at this point.
1: Yeah. I, I'm I'm like yeah, I'm all
4: are. Yeah, Ja'Kai Polite, I think, uh is someone that that uh the defense seems to be high on. So I don't know if he'll actually contribute this year or not, but um could be a hell of a special teamer. You never know. Uh, and I hold out hope, man. Uh, if if he ends up living up to at least somewhat of his draft type, this could be a guy that is a steal.
1: And, and I I will say this, uh, and he's an interesting case because he had a lot of draft type, but he only went in third round and got cut in the after the preseason. But he he was like being graded out as a first round prospect by a lot of people, and then nobody took him uh for a lot of reasons clearly he's on his third team so it's not like it was a bad move to pass on him I will say this if Terrell Lewis before Saturday gets put on the IR or the inactive list and they have that roster spot open that I would honestly say Ja'Kai Polite's probably a, a lock if that happens but we don't know uh and that's that's just a prediction that's what I'm hoping. So, with outside linebacker, we add six guys, bringing the total to 36. We're creeping into 53, Johnny. Inside linebacker. Now, this is the state of the Rams where we're at. Uh, Trayvon Howard is done for the year with a torn meniscus in the conversation to take one of the two starting inside linebacker spots. Uh, And now, like, this is where we're at. Like, a guy who on most teams would be a borderline player to make the roster was a borderline starter on our team at this position because we decided not to address it and now we're looking at the what's left uh although bummer for him he actually would have had a real chance to contribute this year sucks that he's injured but this is kind of a weird group to predict because uh and you saw us on hard knocks they added two guys they added Derek Moncrief uh a CFL Canadian Football League standout last year uh, wasn't on a team though uh, we just picked him up and Daniel Batuli undrafted free agent out of Tennessee who we already cut but brought back uh, on Hard Knocks they said they wanted to bring in guys with different builds it sounds like we're talking about like my players on 2k but that was actual GM speak and as somebody who is not an actual GM maybe I just don't get it uh, so it, this is tough I wanted to go 5 here but because of how unimportant this position, I think, is going to be this year in a lot of ways, and uh, guys that I didn't want to leave off the roster at other positions, I do think it's four, and I think it's the guys that are already in the room. And I don't, I mean, I, I would be floored if Micah Kaiser or Troy Reader got cut, but none of these guys should be locks in any world. Uh, but on our team, a bunch of them are. I have Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young, Troy Reader, and Clay Johnson, I think, takes the last spot. Uh, one of the few players who's actually been highlighted on Hard Knocks, Clay Johnson. Uh, if he does get cut for Moncrief or maybe even Batuli, I think he is a lock to find his way to the practice squad if nobody picks him up. Uh, but those are the four I'm going with, uh, and I, I'd imagine you have at least the first three the same.
4: Uh, I'm I'm basically going with uh, five initially, just because. I, I'm a little bit I, – I think uh, I, I'm kind of with, you know, less need here where they are – they're kind of rushing to get this roster, you know, situated, especially at inside linebacker. I think the Traven Howard injury was something that we – you know, that the entire defense was not wanting to see happen because – He's basically in the same situation that Micah Kaiser was in last year, where mm-hmm. Kaiser, yeah, he was expected to be the starter, and then he's out for the season before the season even began. So, I think that's kind of why they added uh, those other two guys in Batuli and, and Moncrief. But because of the uncertainty that you have there, Micah Kaiser is probably the only for sure Lockett starter. Kenny Young is somebody that doesn't seem like, you know, there's a lot of confidence in him, which is disappointing considering he is one that they picked up in the Marcus Peters trade. And then basically, uh, other than that, there's other guys like Troy Reeder who stepped in and did an okay job last year. And uh, Clay Johnston, who's a rookie. So in that reason, I, I, I'm adding a fifth guy in Christian Roseboom. I was kind of debating whether or not he should be on the practice squad or not. I think either way, he's still somewhat with the team, whether it be on the practice squad or on the team uh, or on the active roster, I should say. But Roseboom should be the number five guy. I think I I would be really surprised that they only go with four. I understand it's a, it's not really that important of a position, but there's just so much uncertainty that it, it could be possible that Roseboom might even see some playing time just because of how terrible the position is.
1: Yeah, and and my my thing on taking four is that, and we've talked about this, but for anyone new to the pod, the Rams last year after Micah Kaiser got hurt it essentially didn't even play another linebacker. Uh, it was pretty much just Corey Littleton and they moved up, um, Taylor Rapp into the box really a lot. He was kind of like a third hybrid safety linebacker. When Eric Weddle got hurt, they bumped Taylor Rapp, or sorry, when John Johnson got hurt, they bumped Taylor Rapp back to safety. Eric Weddle might've, might as well have been fucking hurt. Uh, and they played Marquis Christian a lot in that hybrid role Christian's not on the team anymore also we have a new defensive coordinator so for sure this is not a certainty a thing that would do but considering the personnel of the team and how they basically just punted this position in the offseason the only guy they added was Clay Johnson and a bunch of guys who weren't in the NFL last year undrafted rookies uh, I I feel like they're going to go a similar route. And for that reason, I, I think they'll emphasize secondary more than inside linebacker, even though, like, I, I understand where you are coming from and that they should just add as many guys as they could possibly hold in that because we don't know, we literally have no idea if any of these guys are going to be productive. And it's, especially Kaiser, the guy who's a lock to be the starting linebacker, basically has never played a snap like a meaningful snap in the NFL. Uh, he barely played his rookie year and he's he was expected to start alongside Corey Littleton and got hurt last offseason. So it is what it is. Clearly they like him, uh, because he's he's slated in there, but he is far from a certainty at that position. Uh so we are up to I think you're ahead of me now. I think you're at 41. And I'm at 40 guys. So we're going to dip for a little at the end. That's exciting. Uh, We'll go to cornerback. Uh, So I have five guys here. Jalen Rams and Troy Hill will be on the team. No questions asked. Uh, I feel like David Long and Darius Williams are more or less locks as well at the position. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if either of those guys got caught, especially long, but uh, even Williams. And then I have Dante Dion as the fifth guy rounding up the team. He's been on and off the active roster and the practice squad uh, since he came to the team. I think he makes a team this year. Uh, What do you think? Who do you got here?
4: Yep. Same exact guys. I I don't think there's really anyone else that can really challenge these guys uh, at corner. I mean, Technically, you have guys uh, in the safety spot that can drop down and play corner, uh, particularly at the nickel spot. But um, we'll get to that in a second because technically they're safeties. So uh, the only other guy I believe is uh, McGee, if I'm not mistaken. And and Adonis and and Alexander. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Neither one of these guys I don't think can really take it from uh, Dayon, which is the – the last guy. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like uh, both McGee and Alexander will be uh, probably trying to compete for a practice squad spot. But even then, I'm not even confident they can do that.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, I I don't know, and I feel good about this position. I feel like it's pretty stable. And if they, w- yeah, I I think it's these five. And yeah, I don't I don't know if they're gonna keep one of those guys in the practice squad you never know. Like you said, there's safeties that can step in. And I guess let's talk about the safety. So I'm at 45, you're at 46. I'm guessing this is where we're going to differ. I can imagine uh, where we're going to differ. I have five guys here. um, John Johnson, Taylor Rapp, clear locks to make the team. Same with Terrell Burgess, a third round pick that I think we both probably expect to play, play a variety of different roles on this defense probably be a bit of a swiss army night there and then six round pick jordan fuller also safety also probably one of those versatile guys and then hey i'm still in on nick scott uh somebody validated my take that he might be the he wants to be the next matthew slater i think it was either him or a coach that said that could happen uh and i'm banking in on it uh he he is the heir apparent and the next special team savant, uh, or he might not even make this team. And I'm assuming you don't have Nick Scott on your roster based on our numbers.
4: Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> I, I, I think um, this is someone that the that the coaching staff does want on the roster. So I think they're going to work hard to keep them on the practice squad. And I think once things are like figured out um, in certain areas, I can see them moving Scott back to the active roster. But to start off the season, I have the obvious four, which is Johnson, Rapp, Fuller and Burgess. So Juju Hughes is another guy that they might uh, keep their eye on too. But even then you have Jake Gervais who um, was kind of off and on, on the roster last year. So yeah, I I think there's just too much talented players on safety and I think they'd like to keep Nick Scott, but there's just other areas that they need to focus on. So yeah, I I think Scott is just a luxury that they can't afford at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And it wouldn't be surprising if they caught him to keep an inside linebacker like we talked about it. It's just with no preseason, like we don't know how how much they're really gonna rely on that on that position and on, on that role and whether or not they do a similar Wade Phillips type thing. Uh, with a with a safety in the box, play, playing up, playing three guys. Uh, and if, you know, might they there too. If that's what they're going to do, you might as well keep another safety over another inside linebacker. Uh, but, hey, this is a position I feel fairly, fairly good about, excited about John Johnson coming back from an injury. And, unfortunately, it might be his last year with the Rams. We will see how it plays out with free agency in a year. Let's move on to my personal favorite type of football, and that's special teams. Uh, the two pro bowlers, Johnny Hecker at punter, Jake McQuaid at long snapper. They are not getting caught anytime soon. Uh, Hecker is on the books until like 2023 or 2024, so he'll be here a while. Who do you have in the kicker battle between our guys, Sam Sloman, Austin McGinnis, and here we go, Lerum Hajrulahu.
4: <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if you said that There's correctly. There's no way I said that right. I I'm just going I'm just going to call him Lerum hell at it. I I uh I don't know if I can get any better than what Steve just did. So, yeah, between the three
1: Oh, I got I it, mean, Johnny. You want to hear it? Sure. The J is silent. Uh, it's Hilahu.
4: And where are you getting this from?
1: Uh, on pronounce wiki the 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 site is on its way back to the locker room. Uh, hi, <laughs> I gotta remember this now. Hiul paused to tell a radio reporter how to pronounce his last name with a silent J like Hiullahu, he explained with a nary trace of impatience at having answered this a hundred times before
4: (laughs) Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he probably gets a little frustrated from it 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 only makes sense so Yeah, it's
1: actually pretty easy to say but it's not easy to read
4: I'm gonna be honest I don't know if that's correct or not but yeah I'll I'll, I'll roll with it why not um (laughs) So, obviously, like Steve said, McQuaid, Hecker, they're on the roster for sure. Uh, This is probably the hardest one to say because you have nothing to go by.
1: Literally. We literally have nothing to go by.
4: They had some scrimmages which had mixed results. There was one scrimmage where all three guys did really well and another scrimmage where all three guys did pretty shitty so um <laughs> i i think i'm going to go with Hiralahu just because he seems to be out of the camp reports the most consistent and the other two in Sloman and McGinnis they they have some talent obviously but um, they just, ha- it, it, <laughs> they haven't really separated themselves from the pack like Hira Lahu has. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with him. Just, there, there's really nothing else I could say about it because there's not a lot of evaluation on it from our end and from many other people's ends too.
1: Yeah. Hira Lahu, a two-time CFL All-Star uh, kicked a game winning field goal in the Grey Cup which is the CFL's championship uh, in 2017 so i mean uh and, and it looks like he <laughs> based off of his wikipedia page yeah he, uh, he did re- he has received nfl interest in the past but chose to stay in canada uh rather than joining a team for a tryout so it's with with McGinnis, you know he he's done well in the XFL and uh, the AAF, but and, and Sloman did well in college, and he's a rookie, so you never know. Maybe he maybe they really like him in camp. But to me, with it's Hiru Lahu because he he has big game experience. It's not in the NFL, but also he's not gonna be kicking in front of eighty thousand people this year. So you know he has that pressure. He's been there, and I I I think that's the safest bet for me. Uh, I, I do expect them this is kind of crazy to say, but with the expanded practice squad spots, I think Sam Sloman ends up on the practice squad. Honestly, uh, we had Sam Ficken on the practice squad in the past. So uh, I feel like he finds his (laughs) way there.
4: Oh boy. Thicken
1: Uh, (laughs) itching for Ficken, baby.
4: Bad bad memories, bad memories, but Hey, you know what? I, I, I'm kind of with you on Sloman making the practice squad. I, I don't think you even though it was a late round pick, I don't think you kinda sacrifice a late round pick on a guy that you just give completely give up on. Uh, especially since it's not as though that Sloman has been performing horribly. It's just not much to go by. So yeah, I I, I think that we're I think we're about the same there. Yeah,
1: and, and- with this whole thing, like as we started with the show, I I think there will be some surprises. Just what did I just say? Surprises? Jesus Christ! Uh, su- surprises here. <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a week, man. It's been a year, man. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> uh but because it's because it's been a year, you know, we have nothing. We've really nothing to base this off of outside of performance last year, draft stock. Uh, and camp buzz and if we learned anything about football over the past hundred years, it's that camp buzz. It's one of the most meaningless things ever. Uh, it really doesn't matter. You hear guy. I'm pretty sure like uh, the, the Washington football team has said that every one of their running backs can be a three down back this year. Like Pete Carroll is constantly praising every running back he has. Uh, it really doesn't mean anything. So, I it's just like it, it's going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see how this plays out.
4: Yeah, for sure. There's going to, for sure, be a lot of surprises around the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to close with this question because I thought of it before the show. Kicking in front of an empty stadium versus in front of a full stadium with the game on the line, what's easier? that that I'm not sure like it's it's a dilemma of having the distraction of all the fans yelling at you versus being alone in your own thoughts setting up to kick this fucking field goal like it's tough neither one is ideal and and you got to imagine
4: that the the, uh, opposing team is going to try and distract you any way they can and uh, you probably might hear a couple of expletives when uh they're in like some uh high pressure kicking situations uh i'm I'm looking forward to that because I think that's something we've come to learn to appreciate in the um in baseball and in basketball there's not a whole lot um of censorship there just because it's kinda hard to censor
0: <laughs>
4: but uh yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing all of that um, because it won't be easy. This is going to be tough.
1: Yeah, I wish I wish they'd mute the uh, the piped in crowd in basketball games when there's game deciding free throws. Well, <laughs> put the pressure on. Did you see how the Bucks game ended tonight?
4: No, nah, I, I hadn't seen it. I, I'm actually trying to. Watch the Rockets and the um, Thunder right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, I got it on the background too. Well, we'll get to catch the end of it. Uh, the, the Bucks game ended with like uh, there was a awful foul call uh, on called when Chris Middleton was shooting a three, down three points with like ten se- with four seconds left, and he made all three free throws. It was completely bogus. And then the next. With four seconds left, Jimmy Butler shot a three as time expired, and like got grazed, ma- barely grazed by Giannis, and they called a foul. It was the most makeup call I've ever seen.
4: Yeah, that that tends to happen, but uh, it's it's good that there's creative ways to uh, <laughs> to kind of evoke the emotion that the uh, crowd might or might not say.
1: Yeah. Hey, man, can I take we will I mean, for anyone who doesn't give a shit about this, you follow us on Twitter at Steve Rivero, at Johnny five six at talk Rams. We'll be back next week with the Cowboys preview. But can I take three minutes to talk about the fucking 76ers, dude? By all means, my go for God, it. what a fucking disgrace <laughs> you you spend. We spend three years. Three years trying not to win games, and I, I am all for it. It was it was great thinking. We didn't sign any bad contracts. We we pulled first-round picks out literally out of thin air from trades. We got an unprotected Kings pick by just taking on salary and trading rights to European players that were never going to come over. Sam Hinky gets us all these fucking picks, all these goddamn assets, and yet yeah, he whiffed on some picks. You know, Jaleel Okafor, the bad pick, but... He got Joel Embiid. Uh, He set us up to get Ben Simmons by building a team that only won 10 games. Uh, The new guy takes over, Brian Colangelo. Uh, He has a war chest of draft picks. He has Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, even role players that are playing in the playoffs still like Jeremy Grant, Rashawn Holmes was in the bubble, TJ McConnell was in the bubble. Uh, You have have these assets, and... you just fuck up at every single course you could possibly take. They traded Nerlens Snowell. Noel. They got back a top 20 protected pick from a team with the seventh worst record in the NBA. Just so they could tout this goddamn pick as a first round pick. They literally traded the player for that pick. It turned into two second round picks. Uh, and that was the beginning of the end because you went from Sam Hinkie, a guy who was unapologetically tanking. And doing everything he can to position his team for a better future while sacrificing the present. And in a way it worked. In not in a way, it did work. But he didn't he didn't get to see it out. We end up with you all beating men Simmons. This fucking guy with huge collars takes over, starts burner accounts to trash his players through the mud, and he trades Nerland so well just for the optics of a first round pick. Like and then everything since then just completely fell apart. He get we trade uh we trade an unprotected pick. Sorry, top one protected. I'll give Calinch the benefit of that out there, to move up two spots from drafting Jason Tatum, a all-star who obliterated us twice in the playoffs now for fucking Markel Fultz, who won more playoff games in the Sixers this year, despite not being able to shoot. Then that guy gets fired because he has burner accounts. Uh, And he doesn't take the blame. He just blames it on his wife. We hire Elton Brand, old-school Chevy, uh, running the team. He decides to gut all of our assets and trade for Jimmy Butler and fucking Tobias Harris bidding against himself. Uh, And, look, we're a bounce away from beating the Raptors. Okay, I'll give him credit, benefit of the doubt. But then they don't bring back Jimmy Butler, who's Joel Embiid's favorite player to play with. They don't bring back J.J. Reddick. Who's John Beats' other favorite player to play with? And they they spend a hundred and thirty million dollars on a backup fucking center. They sign no shooters. They bring back Tobias Harris, who's a theoretical shooter. Uh You know, Johnny if me and you were on the team We'd be in the conversation for the best shooters on the team Because nobody can shoot the goddamn ball Now we have no cap space We have no assets Our best players are unhappy And they're probably going to ask for a trade soon And I fucking hate everything And thank god the Rams aren't in this big of a mess
4: I I feel like Steve feels much better now
1: I don't I feel worse
4: (laughs) Well Steve I have something that might make you feel a little bit better. Let's hear it. At least the Lakers are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose hey, I, I mean, they they advanced really quickly. Uh, about to take on the Rockets or the or the Thunder. I mean, it's it's something, right?
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm a big LeBron guy, so I wouldn't mind him picking up his fourth ring. Uh, I need the heat to lose because I can't live with Jimmy Butler picking up a ring. (laughs) Not this year as, as a Mark. I say that as a Marquette alumni, I I still can't live with it this year. It's too (laughs) soon. Too soon. soon. Let it happen in two years when Joel Embiid eventually demands a trade and goes to Miami to play with the guy that we, he liked playing with, but we didn't want to bring him back because we had to sign Al fucking Horford, makes no sense on this goddamn basketball team my god all right let's go watch the end of this rockets game man uh we will see you guys next week if you if you are still here i hope you enjoyed that rant we'll talk rams football again next week I went in there, I about threw up, right? I have a little bit more social awareness,
2: that's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties, all right.